Hi folks, this is uh, Jack Spierko with episode 5 of the Modern Deist podcast. Uh, ducks are with me today, so you'll definitely get some quack action in the background. And uh, might be a player too. Lockheed uh, is not far from here in Fort Worth, and uh, they seem to be testing some mods to F-16s or something like that today, and those guys come with a pretty low ceiling. So if you hear the noise, I'm sorry I do the best I can again these mornings with the ducks or when I have the time to be able to do this podcast. So today's subject is a question I've been asked a few times more as a challenge to deism than as an attempt to understand deism. It usually comes from Christians, and uh, I've had this question directly asked at least three times from different Christians when I've talked to them about their faith and my faith and things like that. And uh, the question is basically, if deists are right, right, if you guys are right, how come there's so few of you? And on some levels it's a not that important of a question, but on other levels it's, it's a completely fair question. Um, my response was, if you want to do who's right in religion based on democracy, you're not going to like the way the votes get counted. If you start looking at things like Hinduism, or you know, compared to Christianity, and just by population alone, where that that faith is is, is heavily uh, practiced. But uh, okay, fine, let's talk about that. So, I think the reasons actually have nothing to do with the case that can be made for deism. I think deism has an incredible case that can be made for it, which is. No one really knows, except we understand that since there is a creation, there must be a creator. It's illogical to to believe that you could have a creation as perfect as we do without something to create it, some creative force behind it. And that's the basic case for deism. And I think that's a rational thing. And again, as we talked about in the last episode, most religious people will use that very argument to push Christendom or you know uh, Judaism or what have you, that there must be a God. And I agree with them on that. So why are there so few people that say, hey, I, I, I believe it this way alone? Well, first of all, I think that we have a branding issue. Okay, And I'll talk about some reasons, other reasons that relate back to that. We have a branding issue. I, I think I spent at least a decade of my life, probably more, being a deist. Even when I was going to church, you know, I didn't really believe it. I just believed there was a God and there was like some window into God. And if somebody would have told me about deism 25 years ago, I would have probably been like, that's it! I'm a deist! I understand now. So I wonder, firstly, how many people are walking around in this world that are deists and don't know it. And therefore, since they don't identify as deists, we, we don't know that they're there. We, we can't get a head count on them. So that's... Uh, that's one issue. That's water, guys. I'm cleaning out the poop pools. If you guys ever want to see what I actually do with these ducks, you can check out a YouTube uh, playlist you can find at duckchronicles.com. So anyway, we have this branding issue. Now, why do we have that, and why has it spread more? Okay, well, I think first of all is there's not a lot of money to be made in deism. I think that's, that's one very big thing. Um, is, is, you know, deists don't have uh, rituals, they don't have a, a temple to go to and pray, and therefore the opportunity to collect, you know, donations is, is, is pretty minimal. And, and since you're not, there's no cleansing ritual, there's no uh, worship required of you, it, it presents very low opportunity for that. And, and if you think about it from a standpoint of what religion's been used to do throughout humanity to control people, um, for that control mechanism to work, you have to have ritual to go along with it. So even if you look at Christendom, even when the Christian faith began, what it started out as is just people telling people, and, and, and it was just this new way of thinking. And there was no real ritual attached to it. 
except it, you know, it was a Jewish offshoot, so it might have had the Jewish ritual attached to it. But as, as people began to come into it, the Gentiles, as it was put, they just, well, this is what you do now. You, you, you meet together and you do this. It had to be, you know, it had to be canonized. It had to be pushed to a point where there was a, a place to go and people to tell you what was right and what was wrong to make it useful as a religion for man. And I don't mean for man as in the people practicing it. I mean the people overseeing it. So it could be used by the state to to call for war or to call for defense or to call for compliance. And, and almost every faith that's a, a successful faith in, in a numbers body count way can be defined that way. So we, we have a branding issue. We have the fact that there's no ritual and then there's no opportunity to capitalize on that ritual. And when you think about it that way, it, it, it kind of makes a lot of sense that deism is a small movement because nobody gains from it except those who participate in it. So you, you, you never would get a government, for instance, saying, yeah, this is a good thing. This is a good idea because governments seek to control their people. So if government wants to control you, the last thing they want to do is free you. Because if you free somebody to think for themselves and independently then you've got a problem. Plus, you know, religion and the state have some level of separation today, a great deal of separation, but it doesn't mean that the government can't still utilize religion. People going to church every, every Sunday and being told that they're supposed to obey the laws of the lander and according to the Bible, for instance, is very useful to the state, whether the state's directly involved or not. But if we were actually practicing a moral-based faith without somebody to tell us, well, it's okay because, right? When, when in our instincts we know, hey, look, this doesn't seem right. Well, you know, it's the best we can do when God wants us to work with what we have, things like that. Without somebody doing that, there'd be a lot more people questioning things like, why are we bombing a country across the world where that never actually directly did anything to hurt us? Right? Why are we involved in a war that we have no, no reason to be involved in would be an example. Why are we sending billions of dollars to other parts of the world when we have people in this country that serve their country as veterans in these wars of yours that are waiting in line for, for, for care at, at VA, and they're dying while they're waiting for care? And we have people on our streets that are starving while we're sending billions of dollars in aid to these other nations. Wouldn't it make sense? I'm not saying we shouldn't help these people in other places, but wouldn't it make sense to to clean up our own backyard first. Well, that's that's an issue. That's an issue for a government. A government doesn't want questions like that. So I don't think that Zism was suppressed by government so much, um, though I think you can show that that did happen in this country um, early on uh, with a lot of the free thinkers like Payne and, and Jefferson and, and, and other writers in the, the early to mid-1800s were kind of pushed aside and you know you don't want to be part of that you want to be part of the church right um and kind of coming back to the the whole uh branding issue though and like an assemblage point i i know that some of the people that listen to this podcast are going to be still part of these other faiths and you're going to be upset with me but again you can't play the hurt feelings card and make a logical case for your faith so you need to get over it if that's going to be you when i Got a job, uh, a, a new job here in the Dallas area um, about, I guess it would be almost 12, 13 years ago now. Uh, one of the gentlemen that I worked with said, you should come down, and I won't name the church, but it's a very well-known, very, very large church in, in the North Dallas area. 
that would have been a long drive for me on Sundays, you know. And I, I wasn't going to go to any church at that point anyway. I'd, I'd, I'd exited. And I said, you know, that, that's, that's really not for me. This guy's name Bob. Bob, that's really not for me. I'm not really a religious person. He said, oh, I'm not either. He said, you, you, you have no idea how many business contacts you can make at this church. Every, every, uh, every you know, major business player that's, that's a Baptist or claims to be a Baptist is at this church on Sunday. He says this is one of the greatest networking opportunities that you'll ever, you know, see. Said, well, you know, that's that's a moral problem for me, dude. I, I prefer you just don't tell me that again because I don't want to think, you know, bad of you. You do what you want to do there, but uh, I'm not going to a church that professes a faith that I don't believe so that I can make another networking contact. Well, see, deist faith is absent that. We don't, we don't have that. There, there's no... There's no place where you can go network for business as a deist. I, I guess there is some networking in, at the Masonic level, but uh, that's a totally different thing. There are definitely deists who are Masons. Um, but that's an all-encompassing uh, kind of belief system in fraternity, right? Like if you want to be a Mason, basically you have to be, if they check you out, a good person. You have to ask to be a Mason, and you also... Um, have to believe in a supreme being. But you can have any belief you want in that supreme being as long as you believe in a supreme being. So that doesn't really fix that problem. So I, I, I think part of the, the issue there is, again, we just don't have a place where all deists get together and meet, and there's really not a call for one, I don't think. Now, I don't know, maybe a deist fraternity house type thing that's like sort of like, like Mason Light, I don't, without maybe all the ritualistic stuff, might be useful. But how many people would show up? And I think the real crux of it, and this is something I've never heard anybody say before, but I've, I've, I've pondered this, I think that this is the real problem in the end. We have no stories. We have no stories. Every faith has stories. And as a marketer, I know that the, the greatest way that I can get you interested in what I have to offer you is a story. If it's if I'm trying to sell a knife, I want to tell a story about how it cuts better than other knives. And instead of just saying it's really sharp, I want to link that to something. It, it, it slices right through a watermelon or something like that, which actually isn't that impressive, but people are impressed by it. So when you look at marketing the Jewish faith, if you're going to tell somebody about it, you have this whole story of creation in Adam and Eve. And of course, this all ties into Christendom as well, and into Islam, because they all believe the same thing about a certain point. Um... And then, you know, Jacob and Isaac and Abraham and the son and Moses leading the people through the desert. These are stories, and we know, we all know these stories. Even those of us that are not members of these faiths, we know these stories. We, we, there's movies that have been made about these stories that non-believers see because they're good movies. We move up into the, the, the time of Jesus in the Bible. Then you have the story of this man that walked around, that performed miracles, that had 12 disciples, which, by the way, there's... Uh, there's, there's, there's 12 months to the year, and there's uh, 12 zodiac constellations, right? So I'm just saying there might be a reason for the number 12, more of an astro-literary hybrid than an actual uh, book from God. But, but we have that story. You look at Islam, you have stories. You look at the Buddhist faith, you have stories. There's stories. Every, every faith has stories. We can't just make up stories and still be deists. That would move us into the world of re re revealed religion. And it's, it's a challenge for deists, because one of the problems I've had is I've, you know, kind of tried to grow as a deist and, and, and find other people that are, you know, writing things or telling, uh, you know, doing presentations or doing podcasts is 
it, it, it can be pretty dry. I mean, you, you read an article by a deist, and it's usually either, well, this is why revealed religion is wrong, which I may agree with, but I already know that, and it doesn't really tell me about deism, or it reads very technical. It reads like reading a scientific white paper or something like that. And therefore, it's hard for the person that's on the outside looking in to comprehend the point. When, when someone hears a story that's from any religion, whether they believe it or not, they can see the point of the religion, right? And it also brings an awareness of that religion. So you may not be Jewish or Christian or Islamic, but you know the story of Moses and parting the Red Sea and all, and whether you believe it happened or not, you still know the story. What do you know of deist lore? All we have are thinkers that wrote what they felt about deism, but we don't really have stories to go with it. We don't have transformational stories. We don't have people saying, you know what, I was, I was laying in a gutter and uh, just hit, hit rock bottom. I was on drugs, I was strung out, had no job, and I found deism. And when I found deism, I found a group of people to help me, and I found solace in God's word, and then... I, I, I put my life back together, and now I have two kids, and I work a full-time job, and one of my kids is getting ready to graduate high school, and my faith brought me back from the brink. We don't even have a story like that. Now, I, I, I completely believe that deism is capable of that same guidance, because I believe deism is real, and Christendom, or whatever faith a guy would claim to have for this, is made-up stories by man, designed to control people. But it does work. And we as deists need to figure out, well, how do we present deism as not just a way of thinking, but a solution to life and life's problems? How does deism make you a better man? How does deism make you a better woman? How does deism call you to a higher level of performance as a, as a person? And I think most of us that are deists would say, well, gee, I mean, when you actually think this way, you understand it. I don't know how to explain it, but when I think about the fact that all of this is a gift from the Creator and I get to participate in it, that's one of the most exciting, wonderful, inspiring things, but most people can't understand it until the switch flips for them. And it's, it's, it's difficult to paint the picture to the person on the outside and say, this is what it looks on the inside, and you can't fake belief. You can't fake belief. Like You can fake it and, and convince somebody that it's real, but you can't convince yourself you believe something you don't believe. So until a person just is willing to let go of all the baggage that life is attached to them through revealed religions and through mental programming by the state, because I believe if you do the worst religion in the world is actually statism, the worship of the state, the belief that anything the state tells you must be true, the belief that the people that are elected are somehow smarter than the people that do the work. That's a, that's a horrible faith. And it, it's a faith that there's more, there's more statists than there are Christians, Islamists, and, 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 uh, and Jews put together. Right? There's, there's almost, almost everybody on the planet at this point is, is a statist. They believe in the state. Very few people have actually come all the way to libertarianism and anarchism as a philosophy of thought. But you can't 
fake that belief. So if a person you know has a gun to your head and says, you know, make the sign of the cross or I'm going to blow your head off, you might do it or, you know, what have you. But you don't really believe it. You know you don't believe it. And so for a person to actually get the inside look of de-spirituality, they actually have to first believe it. They have to believe that, you know what, this, this philosophy makes sense. And once they believe it, then they have to contemplate it. They, they have to contemplate it. They have to think deeply about it. I think one thing deists need to, to do more of is meditation. See, most of these faiths have prayers. Now, prayer is really a way to trick your mind into meditation. When I was in Catholic school, you can say the rosary is just a whole bunch of Hail Marys and Our Fathers, right? Uh, and then a, a few other little things mixed in at the end, right? So, so, but that constant repetition of a prayer is, is Islamic faith. There's multiple times a day you turn to Mecca and you pray and you say certain words. Theists tend to say, well, there's no value in that. Well, I, I agree on one level that there's no value in that. God doesn't care if you do it or not. God doesn't care at all. And it's not going to make something happen. If you, if you get down on your knees every night and say, Dear God, please let it rain enough so my crops grow. That If your crops grow, it's coincidence. It would have happened whether you did that or not. I, I certainly believe that. But it doesn't mean that there's not value in the routine or there's not value in the mental discipline. Because we've seen way too many people that have those amazing stories about how religion transformed their life. So when, when I want to kind of participate in this, I don't you know get on my knees and pray. What I do is I find a quiet place in nature and I sit. And I look at the creation, and I realize that on some levels, all of it is happening in my mind. It's not really there the way I see it. That a different being sees it completely different, whether it's another human being on just a different angle, or my dog will see it in shades of gray. That, that, a, that a, 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 you know, a, a bat sees it both with, because most bats aren't actually blind, right? Bats see it both with eyes and sonar. And, and I, I start to realize that most of this energy is being created in my head. These, these, this, it's like a hologram. The tree's really there, but it looks the way it looks to me because of my perception. And that that's a gift. And that every once in a while I need to, to pull myself out of life, and I need to look at this, and I need to contemplate this. And I need to say to myself, where did all this really come from? And as a deist, of course, we say, a creator created it. But How? And you don't have the answer, you're not going to get the answer. But as a deist, what we're called to do with our mind and our logic and our reason is to come up with all the different ways it could have happened and think about that. And, and I think that's extremely valuable to the mind. And that's what I would kind of challenge you guys that are listening to this show to, to do. And, and maybe not think about it that way. But just stop and pause. And building a routine in your life where... You do this once or twice a day, every day, and separate yourself. And I believe even in, in, in the concept that some of the Eastern meditative practices are quite valuable, guided meditations and things like that. Whatever you believe about spirituality, that does, it has nothing to do with the mental value to giving the mind that exercise and that ability to clear itself. And if we can present deism as something that embraces that, it becomes more compelling. Maybe we'll have some stories about how just understanding your place in the creation can make your life better. Anyway, with that, 
Um, I hope you enjoyed today's show. It went a little longer than normal because I got a little more pools. I actually got pools overflowing here. Um, but if you like this show and you want to support it, please remember, tell other people about it. You can post it in social media or what have you. You can get articles and the full episodes of the podcast at moderndeist.org. You can also get us on Stitcher and iTunes, and we do have a YouTube channel. I'll get all that stuff linked up on the site sometime this weekend, probably. But anyway, if you want to support our show, if you think this is worth supporting, a very easy way for you to do it doesn't cost you any money. When you go to moderndeist.org, you'll see Shop Amazon at the top. Click that link, click through to Amazon, do your Amazon shopping, and you can support our podcast. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.